Hello, everyone. Welcome to Creation.Live. I'm your host, Trey. In each episode of this show, ICR scientists gather with subject matter experts, apologists, and other special guests to discuss pressing issues, whether that be ICR's current research, something new that's come to light in the scientific community, or something else entirely that ultimately impacts how science points to our creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope that these conversations are encouraging and enlightening in an increasingly chaotic world. I have with me today my co-host, Lauren. Hello. Uh, our guest, Parker. Hi. And uh, the tried and true physicist, <laughs> Dr. Jake Hebert. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you're our guest of honor today, Parker. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be here. So, Parker, tell us about yourself. Well... Um, Parker Ng. I was born and uh, raised in Texas. I'm a true Texan. Lived here most all my life um, with a short stint in Florida for for a very short time when I was like three. But um, We'll forgive you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, grew up in a, uh, in a, in a Chinese family uh, in Plano, Texas, and uh, just uh, was, ha- have always had an interest in astronomy and science and all those things. Uh, my family's in real estate, but uh, uh, and I'm actually in real estate myself as well. But uh, but my hobby and my passion has always been in science and technology. I'm a gadget freak. Um, love love all the the latest and greatest stuff. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, Christian journey slash creationism journey? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you know, like a lot of uh, People that grew up in church, I accepted Christ uh, in uh, when I was a kid. Uh, I don't remember if it was actually Sunday school or if it was vacation Bible school or what it was. But when I was in junior high, I went on a choir trip, uh, church choir trip with the youth choir, and and really just felt like God was tugging on my heart and, and said, "Hey Parker, um, you you've been saved for a number of years now. You accepted me as Lord and uh, Savior, but." When do I get to be Lord of your life? And uh, and I, I just broke down and and I, I rededicated my life and got baptized. Um, and as far as creation, um, it was actually ICR that turned me on to the whole creation topic. And uh, ICR came to my church, Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, and they did a few weeks worth of seminars and. Uh, I just remember hearing about the importance of creation science and the fact that there are people that are going to go to hell because uh, they're being deceived uh, by uh, the world, by uh, secular science, uh, about where our origins are. And and it, it really just hit me that I really needed to focus on creation science more. Now, as far as where day four came from, uh, it was years ago, and I can tell you more about that um, yeah. uh, in, in a little bit, but, but years ago, I was uh, in a telescope store and bought my first real telescope. I mean, you know, I'm one of those that had one of those small telescopes when I was younger that my dad got me, but uh, when I got my first real telescope, uh, it, you know, and seeing God's creation in the eyepiece of a telescope, just uh, it was a wow factor that that has stuck with me ever since. 
So what took you to that telescope store? Because you said your dad kind of got you a little one when you were a kid, but what gave you just that drive to start pursuing specifically astronomy, not just creation science broadly? Well, uh, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gadget freak. Uh, I've always loved cameras. I've always loved both video and still cameras. And uh, I was walking into uh, Wolf Camera uh, one day to, to look at some camera gear, and, and I saw a stack of boxes sitting on the floor of telescopes. And I saw the pictures on the side of the box, and I was like, oh, wow. Of course, it, you know, I had a picture of Saturn on it, had a picture of Jupiter on it, and part of the moon and all that stuff. And, um, and, and, and so I started inquiring about the telescope. And the sales guy, he's like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but that's false advertising. You're not going <laughs> to see that good of an image of the planets uh, or the moon with that telescope. It's too small. If you, want, uh, if you want to look at some real telescopes, there's a store on Preston Road, um, called the observatory store. It's no longer there. Um, but, um, back then, and he told me exactly how to get to it. So as soon as I, I, as I left the camera store there, I went to the telescope store and I walk in and there's these massive telescopes just sitting on the floor everywhere. They had this big, uh, observatory dome in the corner and, um, this big picture as if you're standing on the moon, you know, a wall mural, um, in the store. And it's just started, asking questions about the telescopes and the kinds. And, you know, the, that really got me into it. And, you know, within a week, I bought my first real telescope uh, from from the guy. And, uh, uh, yeah, and so that, that's that's how I got started. It's been you and telescopes ever since. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so what happened, though, um, just like any, uh, any other hobby, sometimes you can get sidetracked. Uh, I had met my... Uh, at the time, my uh, now my wife, um, and we got married. And of course, that you know uh, sidetracked me. And I uh, I realized a few years later, my telescope had been sitting in the closet uh, for for a few years, uh, collecting dust. And so I, I, I took it out, and I was like, you know, I really need to do, need to do something with this. And um, uh, and so I went back to the telescope store, and I said, you know this telescope might be a little too complicated, a little bit too hard for me to use. Uh, is there something simpler I can, um, you know, I, I can buy and trade this one in and, and all that stuff. And so I, I inquired about that. I, I put my telescope uh, up for sale. And in the six years um, since I bought it, I had only lost $200. I sold it for $200 less than I bought it. And, you know, and it was, it was a couple thousand dollars to begin with. Um, and so, you know, what I realized was telescope hobby, you know, the stuff retains its value. Uh, unlike computers or other hobbies where everything depreciates as soon as you, you know, bring it home and whatever, uh, telescopes retain their value. So I was like, you know, this is something uh, I could do for a while and I could keep keep doing. But um, uh, he suggested to me that I join the local astronomy club and uh, I could learn a lot from those guys there and uh, and so I did. I inquired about that and, and looked into it and started going to the meetings once a month and uh, ha had a great time learning a, a ton of stuff. Um, and uh, But I quickly realized that they were very against uh, the, the, the biblical worldview on creation uh, because I started hearing a lot of Christian bashing at different events. Mm. Um, and it got to the point where I was not having as good a time with it. And I realized, you know, um, 
I, I, honestly, I felt like God was telling me, Parker, why don't you start a Christian version of, you know, a, a, an astronomy club? And um, and so here we are today. It's a long, there's a long, it's a long journey. There's a lot to it, but here we are today. Sure. So I'm assuming that you're referring to day four, of course. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, it's one of those things. I mean, I have uh, a number of uh, website domain names. You know, a, a lot of people they'll they'll look up names and try to buy them. And, and back then, uh, there were a lot of good names that were available. Of course, it's you know it's hard to find a good name now. Yeah. Um, but back then, um, I just I was like, okay, what what could I call this thing? And and so I started looking up different things, and uh, I was like, you know, okay, let's go through Genesis and. You know, day one, day two, three, day four is the you know the day that uh, God created the sun, moon, and stars. And so um, I, I looked up day four dot com was not available. I was like dot org. Okay, it was available, so I snatched it up right away. Um, and uh, it, it was you know it, it was a few years before I actually did anything with the website uh, with the domain name. But uh, um, you know, there's there's a lot a lot more to it than than that. I mean, I can go into that here in a few minutes. Right. Before we get into the like deep uh, discussion of day four itself, um, I'd like to hear as someone who is interested in astronomy and Dr. Heber, if you can chime in as well, um, what is it about astronomy that is like so compelling? I mean, kids love space, uh, sci-fi, of course, as fictional as it is, you know, I mean, we're like drawn to it as human beings. We look up and we see the stars and the planets and we're like, ah, the, I, I want to know more. <laughs> Tell me more. It's so cool. You know, uh, what is it about space astronomy that just draws people in? Uh, oh, go ahead. Go, well, first, first off, um, if you look at astronomy versus all the other sciences, biology, chemistry, um, you know, geology, Astronomy is the only science that's actually available to everybody. Chemistry, you gotta you gotta be in a lab and and, and doing stuff in a lab. Biology, you've got to be uh, in a facility and and I don't dissecting or whatever. Geology, you've got to be out in the field. Um, but astronomy, you can step outside your front door or back door, look up at the sky, and and you've you can do astronomy. You can learn uh, the 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 patterns of the stars. You can um, uh, you can take a telescope out or binoculars and look at the night sky, different objects in the night sky, and and what's compelling about it. And, and I tell you what, every time we have a star party, uh, a star watch party, uh, where we set up the telescopes and we invite other people to bring their telescopes out, uh, it's amazing the reactions we get when somebody sees Saturn up close and personal, um, crisp and clear. It's It's almost like looking at it in a book, but it's the actual photons of light that are, you know, that are being broadcast by the sun, reflecting off of Saturn, and then coming through the telescope and hitting your own eyeballs. Uh, there's just something awe-inspiring uh, inspiring about that. It's so cool. And the reactions we get, I mean, we we had this one girl. We go and, and we'll do uh, private events for uh, homeschool groups or private schools and stuff. And we had this uh, one girl that... Uh, the teachers had been trying to reach uh, for Christ for a number of years. She had been, you know, through, you know, they have chapel every day and, you know, at the school and everything. And, and then she just would not believe in God. And 
after our presentation and after she looked at Saturn in the telescope, uh, she came up to us and she, she tugged on our, on our uh, shirt and she said, I believe in God now. Wow. And, you know, all the students, they had to write a little report as to what was their favorite um, thing they did at that camp uh, that week. And, and she wrote hers on uh, the astronomy deal and being able to see God's creation. And it was just, uh, uh, it was amazing. Uh, and so it, it can be, it can totally be used at, as a, uh, a, a gospel sharing tool. Well, yeah. there is something mind blowing about it. Like I, t- I actually took an astronomy class and astronomy lab in college. And during the astronomy lab, we would actually just, we would do some stuff in the classroom, but then we would take it outside and we'd look through telescopes and we would get quizzed on locations of stars at that time of year and things like that. And I remember the first time um, our professor took a telescope out there and he set it up just to look at the moon, just the moon. We see it in the sky every night. And I looked in that telescope and seeing that up close and personal and seeing every little detail I was just blown away. And then to think that's just so close to us. That's one of the closest things to us. And then there's so much more trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles out there of empty space and of planets and of stars and galaxies and black holes. And it just reminds us how small we are and how incredibly huge our creator is because there's, I get why, I think it was a special work of God in her heart with this girl, but I also get why she was looking at outer space and that's what drew her to the conclusion there was a creator. Because when you look at something that vast, if you're being intellectually honest with yourself, there has to be something greater than even the universe in order for that to exist. But I'm also curious, Dr. Hebert, I know that um, you are very familiar with physics Mm -hmm. and you have your PhD. And so space is something that you've looked into a lot, literally and metaphorically. So what do you think about what draws us to that? And some of the crucial things, I know you're passionate about some of the recent telescope findings Mm -hmm. and things like that. What do you think is so important about astronomy? I think, well, I think the reason people are drawn to it, I think it's the sheer beauty of those heavenly bodies. I think uh, even if you ask professional astronomers and they were, you were to ask them, why did you go into astronomy? Uh, I don't think it was because of the, the, uh, you know, the atomic spectra or the, you know, the calculations. I think it was the sheer beauty of the objects that you see. And I know that was true in my own life. I remember when I was in the fifth grade, uh, you could read for free time. They had some books we could, and I remember uh, read when you had done your work and there were some books on astronomy that I read, and even though the pictures were in black and white, um, I was just fascinated by the pictures of the spiral galaxies. They were just so beautiful. And I think that's it. I think it's because it's so beautiful, and I think it, like you said, it kind of forces you to think about those basic questions. Um, so I think I think it's just the sheer beauty of what God's made that draws everybody to it. And of course, you know, there's there's a lot going on now. You've got the James Webb Space Telescope, and it's causing problems for the Big Bang. They're finding galaxies that are so far out that by Big Bang reckoning, they should exist a few hundred million years after the Big Bang, even though really you're not supposed to get galaxies that quickly after the Big Bang. So, so uh, you know, they, it, it's causing them problems. There's a lot of the, 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 James, the data coming from the James Webb Space Telescope is putting a lot of tension on the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That aside, so I, James Webb Telescope is 
uh, I'd actually like to, to talk a little bit more about uh, the specifics of that uh, in just a second. Uh, if we can talk about how astronomy in general can be used as like um, evidence for a creator, evidence for uh, the biblical timeline of mm -hmm. things, uh, even just like the awe-inspiring, we, we've talked about, you know, we've used the word awe-inspiring several times here. It is, it's just, it's so vast. Uh, what do you think as Christians, God's purpose for this giant canvas of the universe and just filling it with all these things when biblically speaking, like everything's here on earth, like what, what is the purpose? How can we use that? Well, I personally believe that, that there are a lot of things that God does, um, almost, almost in a chuckle, uh, to say, Hey, see, I'm God. The only way you can explain this is through me, mm -hmm. uh, as God. And, and, you know, it is, like you said, everything is so enormously big. Um, we can't, I mean, we, we are so tiny compared to, uh, the rest of the universe, the rest of our galaxy, the rest of our solar system, uh, and the rest of our planet. I mean, it's just, uh, it's amazing. And, uh, I will tell you that one of the things that we do at our day four, uh, presentations, um, uh, James Worrell, one of the guys that I, uh, do, uh, the day four stuff with, he does a presentation on, uh, the size of things and, uh, the relative size of things, and it's really cool. He'll 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 bring out a a basketball, and he'll say, "Hey, you know, this basketball. If this basketball were the sun, and he'll he'll bring out uh, a pencil with a eraser, and he's got a little pin, you know, one of those round uh, pinheads uh, uh, stuck in it, and he'll he'll say, oh, this is the Earth, and this is the sun, because uh, you can fit a million Earths inside the sun, you know, relatively speaking. Uh, if the sun were a cube and the Earth were a cube, you could fit 1.3 million." Um, in there, but anyway, um, what he does is he'll he'll have the the student, you know, one student holding the the basketball, and then he'll give the uh, the Earth to another student and say, "Hey, if the sun is a basketball and the Earth is a pinhead, how far would the Earth be from this basketball?" And you know, the kid will will go a few feet away, and nope, go further, and he'll go and. and you know, and, and then he'll he'll do the same with the Earth and the Moon. He'll do the same with uh, our solar system versus uh, you know Alpha Centauri. He'll he'll do you know the, these different uh, uh, scales. And lo and behold, this this kid ends up being you know a hundred yards away from where the rest of us are, and they're just amazed about how big everything is and how small we are. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I think God. Um, uh, in in a way, kind of flexes his muscles uh, by by showing us how how small we are and how big he is and how how much his power uh, just uh, glorifies his name. Absolutely. You know, um, the founder of ICR, Henry Morris, he speculated, and it's reverent speculation, but it is speculation that when the Lord comes back, He may allow us to explore all that stuff. And I don't think that's far-fetched at all because, you know, as, the, as Scripture says, he's already given us his son. How much more will he give us all things? And so if he's glorified when we can see these things at a distance and through a glass darkly, so to speak, how much more would he be glorified if we get to see those things up close and personal? 
And so I think uh, after the resurrection, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he allows us to get a, get a close look at some of that stuff. And, I, and you know, it's funny. It, uh, you, you feel sorry for the secular astronomers um, because for them, the opportunity to see those things up close would be a dream come true for them. Uh, the, the thing is, there's only one person who can make that dream come true, and they will not come to him. And, uh, you know, the idea that we can get there in starships is far-fetched. I mean, there's lots of physics problems with that. Um, the only person who's got the ability to make that dream a reality is the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet they won't come to him. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It is. So there's a lot that we haven't seen. There's a lot that we can't see, at least yet, because it's just so big, like we were discussing I'm curious about the stuff we have seen. Both of you are very passionate about this topic, so I'm sure you have a favorite. So what is one of your favorite celestial bodies or phenomenons or just something observed already in outer space or even something that you suspect will be discovered soon? I know that um, you both are well-informed as far as things that um, could potentially come up in the next few years with re with discoveries and things. What is your favorite? I would love to hear from both of y'all um, of the things that we've already seen or might be coming soon. Well, you know, to be honest with you, my favorite changes from time to time, you know, <laughs> because um, because sometimes like when I was younger or when I, uh, I say younger, younger in my, uh, my astronomy experience, um, you know, I, the best thing I could see was the moon. And, and, and that was really cool. And so I was really in the moon. I just love watching, you know, uh, seeing the moon in the telescope, but then I got to see Saturn in the, in the telescope and that blew my mind and, and being able to see it, uh, closer, better, bigger, clearer, crisper, um, uh, over time was just amazing. Uh, and then getting to study it a little bit more, uh, of course, Jupiter's also really, really cool. Um, I actually have a, uh, a picture that I took years ago when Jupiter was right next to the moon visually. And um, it, it's a picture of moon and Jupiter and four of Jupiter's moons in wow. the same image. And I still have, it's still one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. Um, but, you know, over time it progresses. I mean, you know, now I, I really love seeing different nebula um, and, uh, and just their different colors when you do long exposure uh, on them. And then, you know, and then even more recently, my latest telescope is what they consider, it's a new category of telescopes called smart telescopes. And it does all the, all the uh, uh, long exposures for you and brings it to you uh, in real time. And, and so I've been able to see galaxies like I've never been able to see them before in my previous telescopes. And so it's just amazing uh, the technology that's out there to do this stuff. And so, yeah, so my favorites, they, they change from time to time. That's cheating. Uh, as, yeah, I know it is, but, um, but it's still so cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I, I would sort of have to say the same thing as Parker. I, you know, I, I don't know if I've, got, if I've got a single favorite object, but I, uh, deep space objects, I think I'm particularly, uh, I think they're particularly beautiful. Um, with my own personal telescope, it's not big enough to really see them clearly, but, uh, I just think they're they're fascinating and beautiful. The nebula, the star clusters, things like that, I think are really pretty. Yeah, and it's it's almost like it's artwork, right? Yeah, put it there for us yes. to look at, right? Yeah, beautiful. for our for our enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, uh, let's get back a little bit to day four. So, okay. um, you 
purchased a domain, a domain yeah. name, right? Yeah. All right. So uh, God put in your on your heart this desire to make like a Christian astronomy club. Uh, let's roll with that. What happened? So it, it was really cool, and, and God's timing is perfect. Um, and, and and there's so many things that can happen in life, and some of it we can chalk up to coincidence. Some of it you just you can't help but know that it was a God thing. And and what happened was um, this telescope store. Going back to that, uh, they they would set up a uh, training for their customers once a month. And one of the things that you don't necessarily want to do as uh, a telescope user or you know amateur astronomer is go out to some dark remote location by yourself. You know, <laughs> probably not um, a great idea. Not a good idea. You know, <laughs> even if you're not an astronomer, right? Just don't do that. Ever. And so, because this uh, this the store owner um, would do this this training, I thought, you know, he's helped me so much. I'm gonna return that favor and help him. So I I would volunteer to help him train some of these other. Uh, you know, new telescope owners and stuff. And uh, while at the same time, I could set up my own telescope and get to use it amongst a lot of people. Um, besides the, you know, like I said, the local astronomy club, uh, that they would have all these Star Watch parties, but um, but I wasn't enjoying that as much. Mm-hmm. And so I started helping uh, the store owner. And what happened was I had my telescope set up and I, you know, I, again, I, I love all the gadgets and all that stuff. So I had my, my iPad uh, wirelessly um, hooked up to my telescope, and 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 I would get in the app, and I would you know touch. Oh, so I want to I want my telescope to go here, um, and so you know it would it would slew to the object automatically once I told it to to go to oh, it. Oh, that's cool. And and this this dad and his two sons were setting up their telescope next to me, and the dad was like, "Hey," he told his older son, "Hey, go over there. Hey, Sam, go over there and uh, and check out this guy's stuff." And, and, and you know. <laughs> Uh, and so Sam comes over and and he starts talking to me, and then eventually the dad and his other son uh, come over and and we start to talk. And um, I, I said, I said, well, I'm a Christian, and so you know God created all this stuff uh, that we're looking at. And he goes, he goes, so are we. And eventually, you know, we we talked a bit more, and I said, well, I go to I go to Preston Baptist Church, so do we. And, um, and this, this location we were at was nowhere near the church. And right. so, I mean, just, um, and then, uh, I said, you know, I really feel like God wants me to, uh, start, uh, a, an astronomy ministry, uh, and really teach people about God's creation and, and how this stuff came about and, and how science and astronomy actually confirmed the Bible. And he was, that's what God's been laying on my heart. Um, and, and he had already been doing some, um, uh, presentations to some small groups here and there uh, about apologetics and, and other things um, and and some astronomy stuff. And so I was like, hey, you know, I've, I've got this domain name, uh, this this name for what we want to do. And and so he he joined me uh, and, and we started doing this stuff together for a number of years. But then, um, uh, of course, ICR came into the picture. And, and, you know, I, I, I discovered ICR or they just – they came to my church and, and I got to um, uh, form relationships with some of the staff uh, here at ICR. And uh, eventually I, I got to know Dr. Galuza, uh, the head of ICR. And he said, Hey, Parker, why don't you guys, you know, think about having your meetings here at ICR in the founders hall. I said, I'd love to, you know, we'd love to do that. And so we started doing that. Well, 
the the very next day, I, I had a friend. Um, he was one of my groomsmen, and uh, and so he knew I was into astronomy and all that stuff. And he calls me up and says, "Hey, Parker." And this guy, his guy's uh, name is Perry, uh, Perry Hollifield. Uh, his dad is actually um, Bill Hollifield. Uh, he, Bill's passed away. Bill was the assistant superintendent of Plano Independent School District. Oh. Uh, the Bill Hollifield Science and Nature Center is named after him. Uh, but anyway, so Perry grew up in uh, in education. Uh, but Perry calls me up the day after Dr. Galuza tells me this. And he says, hey, I've got all this this information that I've collected on apologetics and, 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 and a lot of it is astronomy related and stuff. Um, you know, what would you think about you and I starting a Bible study and inviting some people to come to it and, and, and going through this material together. And I said, Perry, let me do you one better. Dr. Galuza at ICR literally yesterday asked me if we would do our astronomy meetings at ICR. Why don't you join us and let's do this thing together? Um, and so uh, that's, that's kind of how we started doing our presentations here at ICR. Um, it's just... Just a God thing, I mean, you know. Meeting James years ago, um, and and having the same vision and, and passion uh, for ministry using astronomy, and then and then with uh, with Dr. Galuza and Perry at the same time, it just uh, it's just amazing what, what God's timing is. So, what does that look like now? What do your meetings look like? What's some of the feedback you've gotten from those who've attended? So, you know, I tell you what, we're, we're having a hard time getting our arms around it, it all because we have so many people that are interested in astronomy and what we're doing. In our meetings, we're, we're in general, we're, we're broken up into three different sections when we have our presentations. And uh, uh, one is an apologetic section, and, and that mostly is going to be related to uh, the evidences of how astronomy confirms the Bible, uh, of course, then uh, and that's usually done by Perry or a guest speaker. Uh, we've we've had a number of guest speakers come speak, including uh, Dr. Ebert here. Um, Good job, Dr. Ebert, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he did a great job, by the way. Um, but uh, and then James Worrell will do a section on navigating the night sky, and he does a great job of uh, talking about the the different constellations. We uh, he'll go through a constellation of the month, but you know as you come to these meetings, you know each month you will learn a different section of the sky. And, and he goes, he, he, he does a good job of uh, sticking to one part of the sky. So you're, li- you're, you're literally learning uh, this constellation and then this constellation's next to it. And then the next month, uh, w- one that's nearby that. And eventually you go out in your front yard and you look up and you're like, oh yeah, that's where that is. And, and you can actually start to teach other people. Um, and then I do uh, uh, the tech talk uh, section uh, because I love gadgets so much and telescopes, and I and I and I go through you know the different parts of a telescope or binoculars, and and th- this is a telescope eyepiece. This is one of my larger ones, but um, uh, you know just just fun stuff that we we go through. Uh, but the big the big deal with day four and what our main goal is, we want people to utilize astronomy as a sharing the gospel tool. Because I guarantee you, if you learn how to use a telescope. Uh, and, and and we 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 help people pick out telescopes, pick out telescope gear, uh, astrophotography equipment, you know those type of things we can advise on. Um, but if you learn how to use your telescope and you're you're setting up your telescope, because you, you usually have to set it up during 
the daytime when there's still light. Um, you have neighbors that are going to be walking their walking their dogs. Uh, they're going to be driving by, and if they see a telescope being set up uh, uh, in their neighborhood, they're going to stop, and they're going to say, "Hey, do you mind if I come by and and take a look tonight?" And of course, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to build relationships with people in your neighborhood that you may or may not have had otherwise, and and then eventually you share the gospel with them. You share with them the evidences that we uh, we teach uh, at our at our meetings. Um, uh, or ICR has a ton of uh, materials on apologetics, obviously, and 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 creation evidence. And so uh, you can confidently talk about. Uh, why you believe uh, in God and why you believe that the Bible is true and is is fact uh, and and you, you can you can actually talk about it intelligibly uh, you know as opposed to oh it's just blind faith uh, because you know that that turns a lot of people off today mm-hmm. so. they need reasons yeah mm-hmm. yeah well let's uh I would like for our viewers to know, when and where these meetings are, just in case if they're in the Dallas area, if they'd like to stop by. Yeah, so um, right now we meet on the third Saturday morning of each month here at ICR in the Founders Hall, uh, so in the Discovery Center. Um, We start at 10.30 a.m., and we usually finish around noon. Um, Sometimes we go a little bit long, uh, 12.15 or so. Um, I know that ICR has some really cool astronomy-related planetarium shows, and, and I think one of them is at noon. So uh, we usually let people out um, uh, who have tickets to go to that. But, um, but yeah, every Saturday, except for December, we, we take a break in December. Um, the, the cool thing is we have a, uh, a phone number. Like if you would like to join one of our Star Watch parties, and, and what that is is we uh, invite anybody who's got a telescope uh, to bring their telescope out. Uh, to a certain location, certain time, um, you know. Hopefully, the 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 skies are clear. Uh, that's our biggest nemesis is uh, is <laughs> Texas is weather. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say yeah, Texas, Texas weather and cloudy yeah. skies. But yeah. but uh, assuming it's uh, it's going to be clear, uh, we have a phone number, and the the number is 707-876-7778. We'll that's, put that in the description. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 707-876-7778. And if you text the word events 23, and of course that will change to events 24 next year, but events 23, um, uh, you text that word and it'll uh, give you a link so that you can register with us uh, to get notifications via text and email uh, whenever we have a star party coming up. Uh, the beauty about the system is that uh we can we can plan a star party, you know, two two Friday nights from now, uh, but then on Thursday night the forecast is cloudy. Uh, we can text people immediately and let them know, hey, we're we're punting on this one, and and we're gonna push it off to Saturday because Saturday's clear instead of Friday. Uh, and, and and you have a way of getting those notifications. Well, just real quick for our viewers. Um, we will put this information in the description below, so be sure to check that out. We'll put Day 4's website, and also we have a full list of all of the scheduled Day 4 Astronomy Club meetings. We have that listed on our website, on the Discovery Center website, so we will also put that link below so you can check out all of that info in case you're interested here in the Dallas area. Yep. And also, just to, for, to be clear, 
even if someone doesn't own a telescope, it's okay for them to come to the Star Watch party. Yes, no, they're yes. not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Stay home. No. Yeah, no, we have a number. I mean, you know, we'll have anywhere from 100, 125 easily um, people, you know, families, kids. Uh, I, I know of a, a, a couple that was their first date um, was coming to our, our Star Watch party and, um, uh, and they're now married with kids and stuff. So, it works, I mean, folks. Yeah. It yeah. works. <laughs> if you're single and you're but like, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a fun time. Um, you know, we have kids that you know, off way off on the side, they'll be you know, they'll, they'll bring frisbees and stuff um, and, and things to do while it's light out. But we we are so, we're also uh, we've got a lady, um, uh, Cindy, who is setting up children's programs for us to have uh, during these star parties. Uh, so that the kids will actually have hands-on learning of mm. astronomy, and then they also get to look through the telescopes, and um, it's such a such a cool, fun uh, family event. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, before we wrap up, I have some questions about telescopes. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you knew that this was coming. <laughs> All right. Tell me about telescopes. Why are there so many of them? Why are they so expensive? Tell me... <laughs> Uh, if, if I was to get into, or if you have any advice for like an amateur astronomer or, uh, apps, or, or apps, like what's going on with that? What resources are available as far as like telescopes go? Well, l- let me just say, um, you bring, you bring that up. Um, just the sheer number of apps that they have in the app stores and stuff on astronomy tells you how big of an interest there is in the night sky. Uh, whether you're, you know, a Christian or non-Christian, but right. um, as far as telescopes, there are three main designs of uh, of optics on telescopes. Uh, it's a refractor. Uh, think Galileo um, and his and his, uh, you know, uh, spy scope or whatever you want to call it. Um, then you have a reflector uh, that uses a mirror uh, or a couple mirrors to reflect uh, light uh, to a point to to you know give you the image. Um, and then you have uh, what's called catadioptric, which is a combination of refractor lenses and uh, and reflecting mirrors. And so, uh, part of it is uh, size, um, weight, uh, portability, uh, all that stuff. Uh, you know, in order to have a uh, a good uh, image with a refractor. Um, you know, the the larger you get on that lens, the longer and heavier that telescope gets. And so they came up with the reflector, and the reflector is a is a good uh, telescope. You can get larger apertures uh, at lower cost, um, uh, and, and that's great. But then uh, they decided, you know what, that's still too big. Um, we we need something that's a little more compact, uh, portable. And so they came up with uh, the catadioptric design, and that makes it a lot more compact. You also, a lot of it has to do with what we call focal ratio um, and aperture. There's a lot of terminology. Uh, you know, I could go into a lot of the technical, but I don't want to bore everybody here. Um, if you come to our meetings, we actually go through a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. and, and teach you little by little what all this stuff means. Uh, photographers, uh, professional photographers will get it right away because um, doing uh, astronomy and telescopes um, 
it's very similar to what people in uh, photography and videography understand. Um, but basically, a telescope is a, a light bucket. It's, it's a light gathering bucket. The bigger the bucket, the more light you can gather at, at any given period of time. And, uh, but again, the bigger the bucket, you know, the bigger the telescope, the harder it is to transport, uh, all that. And so uh, we do have recommendations on telescopes for, uh, for beginners, for in- intermediate folks, uh, and advanced. Um, there is one particular one that I, I really, really like. It's a line of telescopes um, that uh, a company called Celestron came out with, uh, and it's the StarSense uh, Explorer line. Uh, and the reason why I like it is because it's very simple to use. Um, uh, one of the things that people don't realize is the importance of the mount. The mount is how you guide the telescope. It's also the stability of a telescope. You, If you have a telescope that has a, a flimsy mount on it and, you, and you're trying to aim and point that thing, it's going to be shaky. It's going to be hard to point. How, you know, the, the earth rotates. And so objects in the night sky, they move. Mm-hmm. And if you Pretty don't quickly. have, yeah. And if you don't have a way to fine tune, adjust your telescope, um, you're going to have a poor experience with, with it and you're going to lose interest quickly. And so this one particular telescope, um, it, it has a, a, a mount for your phone, uh, on it, your smartphone. And, uh, it uses the camera of your phone uh, it has a mirror on it, so it's looking at the night sky, uh, and it's using the computer of your phone as its computer. Mm. Um, and once you get it aligned and calibrated and all that stuff, then you can literally, through the app, um, point at an object on the phone, tell tell it this is where you want to go, and there will be arrows on your screen telling you which way to move your wow. telescope up and down, left and right, uh, till you get that image, get that object in the uh, in, in the eyepiece. Uh, and so that's what's uh, really cool about this particular line of beginner telescopes. Galileo had no idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no between, idea. Yeah. <laughs> between the three types, so the refractor, the reflector, and what's the third one? Cata I cannot dioptric. pronounce. Cata-dioptric. Okay, that. <laughs> so between those three types, is there one of those that produces a better image than the others? Or is it mostly about ease of use? So um, just like uh, in photography, you have a number of lenses for your digital SLR or your, your mirrorless camera. Um, in uh, astronomy and, and uh, astroimaging or uh, just telescopes in general, it depends on what you're trying to see. So um, a refractor is going to have a wider field of image, um, uh, and uh, but it's going to be able to gather light in a different way. Uh, so nebulas and galaxies and stuff, uh, if you're going to image nebulas, nebulas and galaxies, uh, you're going to want to use a refractor. Mm. Um, if you are uh, wanting to do planetary uh, observations or imaging, then you want to get a catadioptric because a catadioptric um, has the longest focal length. Again, I don't want to get into all this technical talk, but it's going to give you the highest magnification um, okay and enough light gathering. The The problem is uh, different objects in the night sky are different sizes and they're different brightnesses mm-hmm. or dimnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, planets are relatively bright. 
And so if you try to look at a planet in a very large aperture uh, reflector, for instance, I, I have a 10-inch Dobsonian. Uh, I actually have a line of telescopes. But if I try to look at Saturn in my 10-inch Dobsonian, it's almost too bright. Looks like kind it, of a white blob. It, yeah, sort it's, of. it's washed out yeah. uh, because it's too much light. Now, I can, I can dim it down with a filter, um, and, and that's one way to, to look at it. But it's also, uh, it's not, it doesn't have the magnification power that a catadioptric has. And so if I want to look at planets, I'm going to use a catadioptric. If I want to uh, look at nebula uh, and, and galaxies and stuff, then I'm going to use either a refractor or um, a reflector. Okay. Cool. That, uh, it's funny, you say that you don't want to get into the tech, but I think that you do. <laughs> You're just You're refraining. You're yes. refraining. You're like, oh, I wanted to talk about... Come to a day four astronomy meeting yes, if you want to hear more about that. All right, so uh, here we are nearing the end. I would like to hear from Dr. Hebert. We talked briefly about the James Webb Telescope, um, and I know that there's just going to continually be, as as our telescopes, our vision of the night sky and beyond, I mean, it's I guess it's always night out there, I don't know, uh, as our vision of the night sky gets better and better and better, we keep finding new things. Uh, what do you think that we are going to keep seeing or uh, what do you think is out there that will either a support biblical our, our biblical creation model, the biblical model, or do you think that there's going to be something out there? I know that some people have been like, Oh, stop looking out there. You're going to find something that we don't want to see. No, well, no, listen, you don't have to worry about that. Okay. okay? Well, you don't have to be afraid of the data. Um, and you know, it's funny that, the evolutionists, you know, well, I say the evolutionists, we're paying for this with our tax dollars, but a lot of these guys are doing this because they want to disprove the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you really get down to it, that's really what their motivation is. But, you know, there's that verse of Scripture that says, the wrath of man shall praise thee. And even though they are trying to disprove the Bible, they just keep kind of shooting themselves in the foot because you get more and more data that rather than contradicting the Bible, confirms what the Bible says. Uh, that's really true in our solar system. We, we got a lot of data about the planets and moons, and, and they really do look young. They really do. And um, you know, the more data we get, uh, the more we're going to see more and more evidence for that. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you'd like to say today, Parker? Well, um, one of the things that are our goals for day four is uh, to multiply ourselves. We, we don't want to be just uh, Parker, James, and Perry doing this. Uh, we want a number of people to go out there and become Christian amateur astronomers. That's our goal. Our goal is not just to be a small band of of uh, Christian astronomers going out there and making presentations everywhere. We want others to. We actually have a, uh, a guy uh, who is doing some training uh, to young people uh, on presentations, on, on doing presentations. And so uh, w uh, we're partnering with him so that he can, you know, teach the presentation uh, part of it, but we can give um, these students the material uh, to do the presentations from that where they're learning the apologetics uh, side of things, the uh, the astronomy side of things, the science side of things, uh, so that they can confidently go out there 
because uh, we need an army. We, we need an army of believers that know the science and the astronomy to go out there and be witnesses to an incredible creator God. And it's fun too. It is fun. It is. <laughs> yeah. And I love how y'all make it. Obviously, astronomy is fascinating. And um, like we've talked about a lot, people love to dive into that stuff and take a look at what's out there. But I love that y'all make it about more than just astronomy. You make it about the gospel. You make it about our creator, who also is our savior um, and our king, Jesus Christ. And you make it about spreading the word about him, not just about being right um, in the areas of astronomy, but just like any other area of science, this points towards our creator. And if he's right about what he says in the Bible in science areas, then he can be trusted in everything else that he says. And I love that y'all make it about the bigger picture um, by finding this, I don't want to say niche because it's much bigger than a niche, but by finding this need that wasn't filled yet and by filling that and just finding another way to draw people into the gospel and what God says in his word. And I just think that's really, really cool that you guys emphasize that and that that's your motivation. It's so clear that you just want to get out there and not just be passionate about astronomy, though you are very clearly, uh, but just to be passionate about our creator and about his beauty. And if he created such a stunningly gorgeous universe, how much more beautiful must he be as a person, as a spirit being? Like, I just, it blows my mind, honestly, to think yeah. about it. it. blows my mind. Yeah. Especially in an area of science that seems so incredibly dominated by secular thought. That's I mean, true. you never hear anything from the astronomical realm that is almost, almost anything uh, that is, you know, they never say like, well, maybe, you know, no, it's always like, no, evolution made this over billions of years, end of story. And there's, you know, they won't have any other argument against it. So Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, I mean, yes. So we're doing astronomy with a purpose. Yeah. Um, and that purpose is to glorify and, 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 point people to our creator God of the Bible. And um, again, what we also are trying to do is encourage people who are interested in science, interested in astronomy. Um, there are there are tons of young people um, that, that could easily be swayed to get into astronomy uh, from a biblical point of view. And we need more uh, young Christian astronomers uh, to go out there and do the research, uh, you know, if we if we believe that the Bible is true, um, and, and and obviously we do, uh, what would things out there look like? What what should they look like from a biblical point of view? Um, we don't have enough Christians out there looking at that stuff and uh, and and talking about it and writing about it and publishing the the data and the science on it. And we need more uh, because we are we are facing a uh, a society that increasingly is uh, uh, just against uh, what we what we believe as Christians, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it's it's you know it's important. Yeah, Doctor Heber, any closing thoughts? Well, not really. I think Parker summed it up pretty well. Okay. So, uh, and again, well, I did, let me just say this: it's fun. Uh, you know, I, I, it's a it's a fun thing to do, and so if anybody out there is interested, I would urge them to come out to these day four meetings, hang out with Dr. Hebert and Parker, yes. and look at the stars. <laughs> it's a fun time. Yeah, party yes. time. 
No, awesome. seriously, it yeah, is fun. No, uh, I haven't been. Uh, now I am feeling convicted. I should you go. Need to go. Yeah. If, you if need I don't to go. go now, okay. <laughs> Hold me to that. You should. You should. Uh, uh, there's a picture of uh, me next to my telescope, and my, my telescope kind of towers over me. Um, you should show that picture on the on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you can send that yeah. picture special to behind us, the scenes, we'll yeah. definitely we'll definitely toss that in. All right. Well, thank y'all so much for being here today. It's it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, this is kind of a, a unique a unique topic, especially like you know we've had astronauts on here, but to hear from someone who is not like a scientist scientist who's just like, hey, you can love science and just be in love with the creator and go out there and learn. Uh, what was it? I, I heard this when I was a kid, you know, every kid is a scientist until the world just tells them not to something like that. You know, it, it, it I forget the exact quote, but we have this awe when we're, when we're children of, Hey, the world is big and exciting. And I think that when we look, when it comes to astronomy, it still is like, it's huge and it's exciting and it's beautiful. And it all points to our creator. Yeah. I mean, there's so many cool things to look at up there. Um, we have solar eclipses coming up. We've got a, a partial eclipse called an annular eclipse coming up in October. And then of course, next year in April, we have another total, uh, total eclipse coming straight through Dallas. Um, and we're getting ready for that. We've got uh, a number of folks joining in uh, in on it, including right now, uh, God willing, two NASA astronauts. Mm. Uh, one actually walked the moon uh, years wow. ago. He was the youngest one to walk the moon uh, that's committed to, to join us in our event. So, And I think that I've heard from the events department that they're prepping for that as we speak. So yes. uh, yeah, uh, that will be on icr.org slash events if you're curious about that. All right. Well, thank y'all so much. And uh, thank you to all of our viewers and listeners. We appreciate you stopping by and watching this episode of creation.live. Of course, give it a like, give it a share, subscribe. Uh, make sure to share this with any friends or family that may be amateur astronomy enthusiasts. Uh, they might find this helpful, useful, uh, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>